Hello and welcome to Produced By. Just quickly before we begin, if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by joining our Patreon. You can choose from a list of memberships and will receive some exciting rewards. Thank you and back to the episode. And then I was kind of heading towards, I think, a lead position. I, I, I was older as well, so I had a little more experience. I feel like I have developed a lot of people's skills. So like I help motivating the team, I help organizing, I help like, you know, like supporting. I remember having a couple of colleagues that they just had arrived in Canada. Mm -hmm. So I kind of also helped them settle a little bit, trying to kind of give them a little bit more like a positive reinforcement. Yeah. Cause it, it's tough. Like coming from different countries, we know that some countries have a very harsh work culture mm. and then you see someone that kind of has that like super self-destructive way of doing things because that's how their reality requires, right? Like some countries, they are harsher to work at. Like they do mm -hmm. require a lot of overtime. They do require you to be like there more time or like give more of yourself. And certain countries, are they have a different culture in, in which you can actually take advantage of that to a certain level mm -hmm. and like, Hey man, let's slow down. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. No one is judging you for this. You just started like your first week, man, you know, like that kind of stuff that just kind of yeah, slow yeah, the yeah. person down a little bit and kind of, I feel like it's important. I, I saw a lot of people, even myself, like it, it took me a, like a few years, even while I was talking to him, I was still working a lot, you know? And, um, it took me a long time to understand how to balance life and work. Mm -hmm. uh, coming from Brazil, getting to a West Coast culture and Vancouver, not to say that I wasn't working, I was working, people work hard. But it's interesting to know that people work hard, but they don't work for free. Because I feel yeah. like that's a breaking point for a lot of people. Like, you know, like you ended up working for free because you're trying to prove yourself. You come from a culture in which you have a work, you're a lucky person and you should say thank you and kneel before your boss. And you're always afraid that if you lose your job, you know, I'm mm -hmm. not going to say that the school I, I worked at, I was lucky enough that people are not dicks. People are not assholes, but yeah. the economical perception of the country and the culture is quite like that. Mm -hmm. So you're lucky that you're, you're, you have that position to which we are compared to a lot of things. And coming from where I come from, I know the value of work and I understand what is there if I don't work, you know, and then balancing that with a different country and their culture, like, okay, what is life? You know, what's the personal life that I want to have and how to balance that? It takes time mm -hmm. and definitely something that I do. I do see myself having a, a more reasonable perception of that uh, to this day. And then I went to a job fair as well after I joined Icon after like almost eight months. And in that job fair, I met um, a couple of recruiters. I met Carlos, who was a lighting lead at Digital Domain and went for an interview. And then I got a gig at Digital Domain. And that was technically, I would say, my first gig on... Um, a big visual effects house that has the history that they had, you know, like Benjamin Button and like Tron and mm -hmm. everything that they were doing. And it was like, like it was all these amazing things. Um, I and then I was be absolutely, I hope not, I'm not wrong, but isn't a digital domain, wasn't it founded by James Cameron or it's not correct? Originally, I believe so, but then he sold and there were different things. And by the time I was there, I think that even the company went by different, like someone bought the company, but it was funded by, believe, uh, James Cameron, and some other people. Uh, mm -hmm. They worked on Titanic and all that stuff, right? Yeah, they like it's an amazing place with amazing people as usual. Um, and that was the first time that I had experience like in big blockbusters instead of TV shows. Uh, the first project I worked on was Fast and Furious. I what, forgot what number? the number because there's so oh. many. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
was the one with the submarine in the in the ice. You know? Yeah, so I think it will be I think that was five, seven, eight, or maybe seven. Like... Yeah, I, I think seven. I think past seven, maybe seven I'm or not six. Lie, it's There's too so many, many too many for me yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it was awesome. It was like. I got. I started very early stage in the movie, which was great. I had to, the opportunity to talk to the VFX soup, like one to one, to get mm -hmm. feedback as well. My leads were amazing, Carl's and Jack, and um, like it, it was just fun people to work, like very like calm and patient as well. And then as the project grew, the company grew, and then I had like I remember. It was me and another guy, and then out of the blue, we were like 30 lighters on the show, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, was, our team was like enormous, and the company was growing because the project required. And it was the first time that I actually also took some look dev um, responsibility. And then after that, I worked on Spider-Man. I worked then on Thor Ragnarok. Sorry, if and I then Spider-Man? By the time... Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah, the first that's one. awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, the first one of the new... The, the, With Tom Holland. The Tom Holland uh, yeah, trilogy, mm. which was super fun. Uh, and then and then by the time I was done with Thor Ragnarok... That was such amazing film. They offered oh me... Yeah, it was so fun, right? Super yeah, fun. Yeah. It was really, really <laughs> fun. <laughs> working on it because like oh that looks very different from everything we've done and seen you know mm. um but after that one they offered me a lead look dev position on avengers and that oh, was wow. like and i'm because by the time they offered me that position i was already seeing people working on the movie you know like mm -hmm. thor ragnarok was still happening while people were already work working on uh on avengers and it was super like I was very happy. I was like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely, I would love <laughs> to do that." And um, I got to work with amazing CG soups, Hannes. They were like amazing, amazing, talented guy. Like I learned a lot of people's management with him. Um, like the team was absolutely stellar. Like, and they were already doing amazing work. Uh, and then I kind of worked. They they told me what they were expecting, the issues that they were going through. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of overtime. It was a ridiculous amount of work mm -hmm. uh, to make that happen. Um, I and and to me, to be honest, that was like I felt when I joined that project that that was the project that was me checking the box of childhood dream. Yeah, you know that was the vibe for me. That mm -hmm. at that moment, at that movie, I was like done check. <laughs> and then and i'm sorry that for was the, the vibe for me question again but what avengers was it uh that was the avengers uh, infinity war mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that I, was, I think uh, that would be dream of most of us to work on such such a project yeah there. yeah it was but i feel like that was the vibe across the floor man like there mm. were so many people working with that spark on their eyes you know that passion the love and i feel like it is reflected on the final product for sure mm -hmm. because everyone had like very similar idea like yep box checked <laughs> um and then after that i rolled on to endgame i worked on endgame not until the end i left the company uh, at that time i was also uh getting divorced and then uh, i went to brazil to spend some time to kind of rest I worked too much. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't ha had enough like vacation time. I wasn't very healthy as well. I wasn't the best partner. Uh, I wasn't necessarily personally happy. I was professionally accomplished, mm -hmm. but I wasn't necessarily happy as well. Uh, so I quit. I went to Brazil. I spent about like two months, three months, kind of trying to just recharge a little bit while I could. Uh, then it was my first experience with Dineg. I got hired by Dineg Vancouver at that time oh, um, yeah. to work on a couple of projects. I worked at Dineg for about six months, and then uh, there were a couple of negotiation problems uh, with 
future possibilities and I didn't have the time to be honest at that point to kind of go through a couple of things and to be fair I also have got contacted by ILM mm-hmm. and uh, they offered me a position in ILM and I was like you know what ILM is kind of another check <laughs> you know <laughs> professional <laughs> and I had a few friends I had a few friends that I worked with at Digital Domain and even Dinag that were working at ILM at the time. Um, and I knew the recruiter, Amy, who was an, who is an amazing person. And then we communicated. She forwarded me to actually a different recruiter. Uh, so I went to the interview. I spoke with the people there as well. And then, uh, like, Hugo, who was my supervisor at the time, the guy's genius. And there was also Nico. It's another talent. It was one of those places that is so much talent in the place, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have their issues with pipeline being a mix between old and new, you know. Uh, but the talent, it's so raw, insane. Um, the first project that I had was Jungle Cruise. I had, like, it was quite challenged for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I had the opportunity to work on one of the f- most fun projects, which was like Jurassic, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, mm-hmm. the last one, mm-hmm. which was great, like excellent team, excellent time frame for the project. And that was during COVID. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was during COVID. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then I started hearing rumors about another thing that for me was like one of the last check boxes I had when I left Brazil, which was working on Sandman. Um, oh, why, why Sandman for me? Or why was it checked for you? Sandman, yeah, it's like a book that I read when I was very, very young, like 16, 17. That Is made it from me Neil, Neil Gaiman or something like that? Yeah. So uh-huh. Sandman introduced me to Neil Gaiman and also introduced me to all the different artists that uh, did the drawings, the coloring and everything, introduced me to Dave McKean. Uh-huh. And then it was like Sandman itself through the comic book introduced me to Shakespeare, to different authors, different philosophies. Like Sandman was, it was very impactful in a sense of making me read and explore different things. And I just freaking love Sandman. Like seven of my 11 tattoos are Sandman related. Really? Um, <laughs> and I, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, for example, have, uh, what, what do you have tattooed from Sandman? And this one here is Destruction. Mm-hmm. This one here is Delirium. I have one here that is Destiny. I have Dream on this arm. And then I have Despair and Desire on my legs and Death on my back. Oh, I've been yeah, so many two... times curious about your tattoos at work, and now finally I know. <laughs> you see? Finally. Yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was definitely like, gosh, that that was like Simon. It, it introduced me to a whole plethora of different graphic novels, you know, like different authors. And, and, it got, and from that, you go back to books, you know, like it was kind of like that relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I always find that it's interesting that, like for me, my mom used to read a lot, uh, but I was never into reading that much. Uh, and then I got into reading comic books and then comic books got me into books and it was a different kind of pleasure, you know, like it was a really interesting, strong step towards that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like a lot of references in comic books and graphic novels and manga and anime into movies and things like that. And then you kind of just, poof, and that kind of how you just throw yourself out there. Yep. I used to collect graphic novels and comic books and movies. I had like over 5,000 uh, pieces at home at some point. Uh, donated everything before I went to Canada. Mm-hmm. And it is just amazing. And then when I heard that ILM was that, that had that opportunity, one of the guys that worked at ILM worked with me before and he knew I was obsessed with Sandman. Uh, so he offered me the opportunity to be a lead as well on Sandman. And then, yeah, that was, a, it's like, it was super fun. Mm. We worked like on the, dream I worked become on the reality. Yeah, that was, that was really nice. That was like a, I was, I'm going to say I'm, I've been very fortunate with the contacts I have with the people with 
like how I've learned from my mistakes and the opportunities people knowing me they have given me as well mm -hmm. um yeah and it was it was amazing even my my talent manager at the time Margarita like amazing person she was also super happy giving me the news that I was going to be working on Sandman and I was already extremely happy because I was working at the documentary Goodnight Opie Goodnight Opie which is a documentary that is on Amazon Prime about the Opportunity rover when NASA sent the Spirit oh, and yeah, Opportunity yeah. rover to Mars for the first yeah we worked on um on that and it was awesome it was honestly like just the sign the science behind it and like researching seeing the references and googling the materials and everything you know like it's just it was a lot of fun it was like mm. it's it's one of the things that i feel like visual effects give you the possibility to research a little bit of everything you're doing you know like and you kind of yeah. learn a lot of things here and there it's so cool mm -hmm. yeah and then after working at ILM for a little while, I feel like I got hit by COVID, uh, the COVID staying home kind of thing. And my partners as well, we were tired. Um, and I was looking for a, like a different kind of challenge. I feel like both personal life and both professional life. And um, I got contacted by DINAG London. And that's when I got offered the position for an asset supervisor which was the first time I had that position uh, offered. And then you kind of know my story. Went to DNAG. I, I worked in, uh, the first time with um, on that show. I, I always get the ear wrong. It's the Netflix show from the creators of Dark 1889 or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's I something hate they are on a ship, right? In yes, exactly. Show. That one. Unfortunately, it got canceled, even though it was very curious. I, I just mm -hmm. need to check this. I think 1889. Yes, I 1889. I think there was quite a complicated yeah. story, wasn't there? Yeah, by the time by the time it was done, like you, it got like into the plot twist at the end. But yeah, let's see. Maybe maybe in the future they kind of have it uh, bring it back. But I worked on that show, and then I joined Future Shows. Um, like a coyote versus acme uh that we we had the chance to work together for the first time which was very challenging and things like that and other projects that i'm not allowed to disclose mm -hmm. um but yeah it was also an like a very interesting experience uh just to kind of like work with everyone get into the different position kind of having more the overall like manage more artists and things like that yeah like the team you know like the people are amazing um, and it was very fun, but then I spoke with my wife, um, and we had recently traveled to South Africa to, to go see her family. I've never been to South Africa. Mm -hmm. And then we also invited my mom to go with us. So my mom came from Brazil to London. Then we went to South Africa. Then from South Africa, we traveled to Ireland. We did mm -hmm. Dublin and Dublin, and then we went to Edinburgh, Scotland, and then we went to Wales in Tanby. And it, like the traveling was like so refreshing mm. that we noticed how tired we were still. Or, and there was something missing for us as well. There was some kind of different challenge that we wanted to kind of take. Uh, both of us wanted to study something. I feel like after COVID, we got into writing as well as a creative output. Um, and then we both kind of wanted to kind of like explore different venues, see what we want to do. So we decided to quit the NAG, um, mm -hmm. but not before, like we, we didn't want to leave Europe uh, before traveling around. So we planned this 19 countries, 22 cities in two months. 19 countries. Uh, so we traveled around. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. <laughs> it was, it was. It was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome traveling, seeing different places, knowing different people. And then we also decided to come to Brazil because Caitlin never been to Brazil before. Mm -hmm. um, so, and now we're here. <laughs> and now it is 2023. Mm -hmm. And we are still, we're kind of 
researching, looking for things, kind of waiting. I have something aligned that I'm kind of waiting to see if it's going to work out. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's, uh, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey for sure. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you managed to tick quite a few boxes. So, uh, are there still some boxes left to tick? It's a hard one. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit tired of visual effects in the sense of traditional Marvel, Fast and Furious, Jurassic World, like that kind of stuff. I'm a little bit like, eh. You know, I've done a lot of that lately. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go back a little bit to animation. That's something that I that I wanted to do. I feel like that's the problem with a lot of people. I feel like I had a few boxes and I checked a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I, I'm still working on checking boxes on personal life in the sense of like uh, traveling around, going to places. I feel like those are the boxes that I'm I'm kind of urging to check the most, like I would like to never been to Japan. I would like to go to Japan, South Korea, Mongolia, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, like India, I would like to travel like to so many other countries within the continent of Africa itself. You know, I would like to go Western Africa to understand a little bit more, even how Brazil came to be having so many cultural treats shared between places. You know, uh, I feel like my, my, I'm kind of in that vibe, but that is also because I've been fortunate to be able to take this much time off to experience <laughs> all those things. So you kind of mindset kind of keeps going on that. Yeah. Some curiosities to do in the field that I, I love doing the asset supervising area. I do feel like I'm, I'm focusing a lot on managing skills and talent. I'm still quite technical in a sense. Um, that I'd still kind of want to give boxes to check. I would like to do animation. Definitely for sure. I feel like mm -hmm. it's something that I do want to work on a big animation movie because I worked on TV shows, but I, aside from Coyote versus Acme, which was integration of animation and, and plate, I kind of want to do one that is a little bit more like full on animation. Uh, I feel yeah. like that would be really, really cool. Uh, but also I kind of want to figure out what to study. I kind of want to challenge my brain with something different. Hmm. I find that I've been doing what I do for such a long time that my brain works in a specific way. And I would like to challenge my brain a little bit more in that sense. So I kind of want to go back, study language. I want to study an instrument a little bit. I kind of want to diverge creatively how mm -hmm. I stimulate myself a little bit and see how that works. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of, yeah. But right now it's a little bit turbulent. It's kind of, you don't know where you're going to be next. So you're kind of just playing around, testing some things. Mm -hmm. If you want to boost your online presence, check out our digital marketing agency called Trailblazed. You can also enroll in our Skillshare course called the 10 tips on how to succeed in your creative career, which was inspired by the podcast. Lastly, make sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter called Creative Spotlight to stay up to date with the show and more. Links are in the show notes. Thanks. Yeah, but I'm sure with your experience and a rich portfolio, it shouldn't be that hard to find something. Oh, it is hard. It is, I'm going to say it is hard. Or is like it just uh, because of it's always the recent situation in the industry or in general? Also, I also think... I, I, I do think it's uh, I think it's a combo because it's also hard to find a place that it, it suits you, right? Like I feel like it needs to be a match both ways. It needs to match. Uh, you need to match the job and the job kind of needs to match you. Um, I feel like when, like, again, I'm in a privileged position in which I can try to choose a couple of things. Um, but again, if I don't have the option, I'm taking whatever it needs to needs to take. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the, the, the strike definitely had a, a dire impact, but I also hope that people understand what that impact also means. I feel like we work a lot of people who work in the art uh, side of things. We give a lot of ourselves. We sacrifice a lot of ourselves and it's work. At the end of the day, it needs to be clear. Does this work and you need to get properly, fairly paid? Your health still come first. Your personal life, if you can afford, still come first, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, and I feel like there are a lot of 
large companies that do not uh, respect people to the level that they should be respected. Yeah. And I hope that the strike opens the possibility of at least people trying to respect professionals more, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's this whole discussion of unions coming up and not coming up. Um, I feel like it's important for us as a community to come together and kind of try to definitely kind of support one another, but also demand and understand what is to be part of work. It is a workforce. So yeah. there will be problems. Companies will crash things, you know, economically speaking is complicated. Um, but I feel like the most important of all is just educate the new generation as well properly. Because there are a lot of people that unfortunately are starting the, to work in the area now, right? And it's a very tough moment, like with strikes, lack of, like, it's already hard to start, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. It, and then all these things, but it is worth it. Like, honestly, I have had so much joy in my life for the last over 15 years doing what I do knowing the people I know, having to talk, you know, like it's so much fun and you learn so much about so many different things as well. That is just not computer based, mm -hmm. get to know people. My best friends are from the, the era that I work. Um, and I feel like it is a hard thing to break into the industry. Sometimes it needs to be patient more than anything. And I personally don't like the narrative in which people shift towards like, oh no, just keep studying every day, 10 hours a day. It's so new to make your portfolio better, but it's not only about you, you know, the world and life is so much bigger than you are, mm -hmm. right? I mean, who could have imagined that a strike would put so many people out of their jobs? It's not mm -hmm. their yeah. fault that they lost their jobs, you know? Um, so I feel like putting the 100% of the responsibility towards people who are starting is also a problem because it's not only about the quality of your demo reel, it's about uh, tax incentives in different countries, right? It's about um, uh, like networking. It's about uh, timing. There's <laughs> so many pieces to that equation. And yeah. I feel like uh, LinkedIn is a problem sometimes because like it's just people studying, 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 but then you're sacrificing so much of a personal life as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like people need to be a little bit, again, it goes back to people being a little bit more gentle to themselves, to, to others. I feel like we need to study. We need to keep like improving, but there's a balance and that balance comes with time. That balance comes with life choices. That balance comes with you being honest to what you want to be and who you want to be now. You know, and just adapt. I also find that a lot of people who start in this area, they find themselves quite in a monolithic way. You are allowed to change. If you do your job for four or five years and you're not happy, it's okay. You can change. You need mm -hmm. to plan financially. You need to plan knowledge, but you can't and you are allowed to change. And if in 10 years you want to change again, you change. Mm -hmm. You know, like life has consequences. And, but you need to be prepared to that. I feel like just like thinking that you, your first job is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Somehow for a lot of people in a lot of countries is still a thing, you know, and mm. it's not, you can do what you want to do. If you create a life that allows you to do that. And even if you are in a tough position, you have time to change that. It requires effort. It requires sacrifices, right? And those are the things that I feel like it's um, it's complicated for a lot of people that start because they're also very young. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm saying 20 years old, still young, right? Yeah. It's different from people being around a little bit longer. I, I'm finding I'm finding that I see a lot of people emotionally str and struggling with anxiety and things because not having that perception. Like you need to go out, you need to walk a little bit with fresh air. Those things make a difference. Talk to people, don't isolate yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important to have support. Everyone needs to vent at some point. You know, I felt, I'm finding that all those, all those things are things that I wished 
I had done and I wish someone who would have told me before. Mm-hmm. Because I know that to a certain extent, I would be at the same place that I am right now. If I have not sacrificed so much, I would still have to sacrifice a few things. But I feel like I could have done things a little bit. I could have enjoyed my family a little bit more. I could have enjoyed my friends a little bit more. Yeah, You know, I could have enjoyed traveling a little bit more. Uh, because at the end of the day, work is not life. Work is work. Yeah, you know, that's... like living a life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I feel like living a life is very much important. It, it takes time. Like the way I grew up, I grew up in a family that we didn't have much money, so money was a thing. And mm-hmm. I grew up worried about the money. I start working, work like worried about the money. Went to Canada, worried about money. Spent my first seven years in Canada, worried about money. You know, and that, that kind of becomes something. And yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a world in which that is a majority and we still need to worry about money, but there are limits, you know, and there are only so much things you can do yourself. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's, I don't even know why we started talking about this, but I feel like those are things that I wanted yeah, to say. It's, <laughs> it's important because uh, one of my questions later was to share some advice from your rich and um diverse career so i think this was a great summary uh but if there is something more that you feel like you would like to share from your career whether it comes to well work yeah. related or I life think related. That, yeah i feel like you hit a word that was really important diversity the one thing that i didn't tell you i used to be a ballroom instructor i used to teach dance for about 10 years Oh, really? <laughs> and that <laughs> was right. After, yeah, that was right after I got I finished university and I got mm-hmm. hired by the school. Uh, I got hired by the school and then I started dancing with my mom on, during the weekends. And then the the teacher invited me to become like to do a scholarship. And what then kind of dance was after it? a couple of years, it was ballroom. It was like a mix of like a bolero, cha cha cha, merengue, tango, samba, like. <laughs> swing mm-hmm. and uh, and then while I was working at the school I was I would work at the school in the morning at in the afternoon and then I would go and teach dance at night mm-hmm. and that was like I started two times uh, a night or three times and during the weekend sometimes as well and I must say that the diversity the different mindsets of doing things differently it definitely helped me a lot with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, a, it, like one thing that I like doing is trying to do different things than what you would do on a day-to-day basis. So I work in front of a computer most of the time. So with my spare time, I try to do experiences that rely a little bit more on physical things. Uh, photographing so i would try to put myself in the middle of the woods and go walk around and kind of like taking photos i always have a little bit of a project on the side or if you like creativity try to work creativity in different like manners Mm -hmm. so if i work with movies i personally like writing now nowadays i've been into writing so i like writing a lot yeah and it definitely challenges you in a different way that somehow is complementary to whatever you're doing. You know, like mm-hmm. all those experiences. I would say that 80%, I remember that I mean, I told you that uh, my people skills were very, like, was very problematic in the beginning. And definitely dancing helped me drastically with people skills. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I carry lessons from teaching that to today how to understand body language like how people are feeling you know it's it's very different uh the same way that writing has given me way more patience to to do things because writing requires a very different level of constant effort than working with images as well Mm -hmm. and i feel like at the end of the day they're all kind of complement one another in different ways but you're still kind of get getting yourself like a a motivational fresh start on something different which i think is important at this time for me like what i was struggling a lot is like 
was motivation. And that's something that I, I feel like everyone struggles all the time at multiple times in their lives, right? And I feel like trying something different, some just putting yourself in in a, in a place that you don't usually put yourself, I feel like that helps to kind of put yourself out of that comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. I, was that like, that. I feel like comfort zone. Yeah, comfort zones are amazing, but if you push that too far, it becomes a problem, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and I feel like even moving, moving countries has put us like in so many different situations that are like absolutely out of our comfort zone, you know? <laughs> um, I feel like it's, uh, it, it teaches you how to be flexible. It teaches you how to be more gentle with people. It teaches you how to be more patient mm-hmm. i'm not saying that i'm a patient person because i am not a patient person person <laughs> like but i've learned how to be patient more patient and kind of keep going towards that i do feel like you don't have to be zen i mm-hmm. believe that the world that we live in doesn't require zen yet i feel like we need to be revolted i feel like we need to revolt i mm-hmm. feel like their anger needs to be directed towards something constructive but we need to feel those things or else we're just compliant to the shitty things that people do. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to say for the listeners that uh, we've been speaking about people skills and uh, this related skills. So just to give a context as we we worked together with Fernando, Fernando was a supervisor. I was uh, in a production. So I just want to say that what you've been talking about, from my perspective, as we've been working together and I could could you see you um, supervising other artists and other people, I can only confirm that uh, you're not just talking about it, but you are actually a great supervisor who was, you know, listening, giving great feedback, always positive, supportive to people and um, just creating a great vibe in the team. So just to uh, prove no, what you're talking you. about for the listeners. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like, a, yeah, it's it's a hard thing, man. Like people skills is one of the hardest things to, to develop. And I know because I had really poor people skills. And sometimes I find myself very anxious as well. You know, like sometimes you get yourself in a situation that you just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of need to yourself, you need to step back, you need to think about it. You kind of need to. And that's when like a group of people that can help you, it's important. Like you can, you need to be able to talk to your boss. You need to be able mm-hmm. to talk to a nice colleague, you know, like you need to be able to have someone at home to be able to kind of bounce back ideas. Yeah. But also I find that I'm very harsh on myself. That, that comes from my family. My mom's very harsh on herself, my brother, my father, like it's something that comes in the family and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that a lot of people do that as well. Like. I feel like it's part of you being a human. Like we are so inside our own body, physical body and emotional mm-hmm. self that we assume that everything is on us, mm-hmm. but there's only so much we can do. There's only so much we can actually fix. Yeah. And um, this last, like this last year for me was a lot of that as well. I kind of trying like, I can only do so much. And if I make a mistake, I, the only thing that I can do is own ownership over the mistake, say, I'm sorry to the people that might have suffered the consequences and move forward from it. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of, I was actually talking at the school and one of the things that when I talk to students is, it's very complicated. A lot of people are afraid of doing something because they are afraid of making mistakes because we Mm -hmm. live in a world in which everyone paints things as easy and done and beautiful you know you have like instant gratification coming on tiktok facebook instagram perfect lives perfect (laughs) perfect experience and all that crap that there's a generation of artists they're coming up with 16 15 17 years old that sometimes they just don't want to start something because they are afraid of making mistakes Mm. and like our life is a day-to-day mistake from the moment we wake up sometimes, you know? <laughs> Everyone is allowed to make mistakes, but there are mistakes everywhere. Like, great <laughs> things happen from mistakes, you know? Like, great inventions and things happen from those mistakes. And I, I, I am afraid of living in a world in which people are 
constantly rewarding perfection instead of constantly supporting going through mistakes mm-hmm. you know because it's there's no perfection there's no perfection yeah, yeah. there's nothing perfect mm-hmm. and i don't want to i don't want to like it's really hard to motivate someone that is that young that is already in an anxiety level because of the way cell phones and people and social media you know like it's complicated to pass through that and be supportive if if the world entirely kind of starts mashing down right mm-hmm. i i really hope that people know that and even like from a movie perspective like making a movie is a it's a place of collaboration it's it's rare people that would do a movie by themselves like they are it's amazing some people do it but it's usually a process in which you can collaborate and you can count on people to help as well right mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then everyone just bring their best and i feel like that's the thing like we can only bring our best and that's it and honestly not even that every day because it's hard to bring your best every day mm-hmm. you know like we are allowed to be 80 percent. we are allowed to be 90 percent. i cannot yeah. be 100 percent every day you're it's not uh, david goggins or someone <laughs> you're not like a machine right mm. um and i do find that uh it's it's nice it's, in, it's important for for everyone that is starting to know those things we are anxious doesn't matter how old we are we make mistakes doesn't matter how much experience we have mm-hmm. and we're not gonna stop you know it's because if you stop making mistakes you'll never learn you know that kind mm-hmm. of cheesy thing to say but it's the actual reality you need mm-hmm. to learn from those mistakes and as soon as you learn them it's not about making the mistakes about how you deal with the consequences of the mistake you know it's how yeah. you how you apologize or how you, like how you learn from it and mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that's an important thing if i would have to to say because i was put a lot of pressure uh, from university i had i had amazing professors to the same level that i have very doubtful professors you know mm-hmm. and, and like in boston as well i had amazing supervisors to the same level that i had the worst supervisors with the worst like possible influence on people and that kind of put you in that situation and yeah and i feel like it's it's important for to to know that you are a junior you will be treated as a junior and you need to learn you need to progress and you need to like have report you know and i feel like there are a lot of people that are doing amazing amazing job on that and i honestly see that much more coming from uh from women than men as well mm-hmm. i feel like that's a it's something that i see like we have we have already a growing hopefully thankfully a growing woman power kind of pushing to so much improvement in what we do and i feel like we're just the need to take learning from that um because it's like i remember seeing like i don't usually mentor it's something that i'm trying to kind of work on that for next year as well i feel like i need to get back more to the community the way i can i feel like i've been a little bit inside my head the last couple of years and i feel like the community can take more help now than ever and i've been seeing this like all these people growing and growing i remember seeing uh, a person that i met at seagraph like years and years ago and she was just starting <laughs> and now she's like mentoring and she's like doing such freaking amazing work you know like supporting people and helping introducing i feel like it's it just creates that like it helps to prepare people and i feel like that's something that that i personally want to try to do more uh, as the year comes as well mm-hmm. yeah i i had a question but maybe you also answered it now but it's something i started to ask uh, just recently and i was really curious what would you say it's a bit deeper question and it was that if you had attention of everyone in the world and you could share some kind of wisdom or say something and everyone would listen what would you tell them oh that's hard that's a very hard i feel like the things that i would like to say i said i think that 
be honest, be gentle. And, and I feel like our area has so many people that come from different backgrounds and some of those backgrounds are, are no background at all. I feel like we need to be more honest about preventing incidents of disrespect, prevent mm-hmm. abuse globally, you know, not just because you are working in one place and the other person is working in another place. If one of those places are being exploited, things needs to come. You know, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of exploitation that happens for, for plenty of reasons. Uh, but those are not, it's like just because the world of capitalism allowed that exploitation to happen, it doesn't mean that it has to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a lot of people suffer from those things. I feel like it's a good moment to be vocal uh, and learn different ways of being vocal on how to reach. Um, because to be honest, like one of the things that made me a little bit less motivated as well was seeing so many different wrong things and how little to no power I had. Uh, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. the answer is also, you need to put yourself back in the community and then you need to try to help the way you can. Mm-hmm. It cannot be just what I was doing, which is just being quiet on your own. You kind of need to put yourself off there mm-hmm. and kind of, even if you make mistakes, learn from it, get, get with the people that know that for a little bit longer and kind of try to change, right? Little by little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think we can slowly wrap it up because we've been talking for a while. But uh, where can people follow you, or where then where can people connect with you? Oh, people can find me on LinkedIn. I have zero to none digital presence. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. I I have a very addictive personality. Mm-hmm. So if I have like Facebook, I start spending too much time and I would rather do other things. If I have, I have an Instagram account that I don't use that much anymore. Mm-hmm. I might bring it back once I finish a couple of projects, but I would say people can follow me on LinkedIn. I have zero problems with that, but uh, that's currently my footprint on the digital world. <laughs> that's the only social media that I actively check uh, on mm-hmm. daily basis. And don't you have ArtStation or it would be a shame not to share your work oh, even on Instagram or somewhere? I have a, I have a, yeah, I have a website. Um, I have a website that has a demo reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's all I have. A, it's Fernando at uh, Fernando VFX.com. Cool. Yeah, I will, that's the I will, website. I will add it to the show notes. I would be disappointed if people didn't want to connect after this uh, in the chat. <laughs> I think I might have like a couple of Flickr pages or Behance pages that I have never updated. Mm-hmm. I also do find that like, I'm, don't and don't follow me on that. <laughs> I'm terrible when it comes to promoting myself in social media. I, I'm honestly horrible with that. Um, but I'm also yeah, I feel like people need to find a balance because I'm also not 100%. I don't agree with people who spend all their time on that, mm-hmm. uh, but there needs to be some. I feel like I yeah. belong to a generation of people that got lucky that we made a network and we grew a portfolio before social media was a definitely need. Nowadays mm-hmm. is a need and like, and it opens so many venues, right? Like, I feel like you can start mentoring, you can open your own school, you can sell courses, you can sell... Uh, you can sell products. I feel like it's extremely important and powerful tool. Mm-hmm. So don't take my example. Be much better. It's not hard. If you have an Instagram, you're already doing better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I feel like yeah, I feel like it's important for people to use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, having your own website is nice, but I feel like there's so many different ways to to provide for yourself. Like I know people who have like Patreons and then like a, a GitHubs like YouTube channels. And I feel like if you find yourself having an idea and want you to express, I feel like you definitely go for it. It's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I would expect that your uh, LinkedIn following will grow after this, or I hope it will, because I think you definitely deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. But uh, is there Fernando, something uh, before we finish that you would like to share or 
I should have asked and I didn't ask? Well, uh, I am a celiac person, which means that I have an autoimmune disease and I don't eat gluten. Um, so <laughs> okay. what I would like to share, uh, if anyone has any awesome gluten-free cake or cookies or brownies <laughs> recipes, by all means, please send my way. I'm always looking for new things to try. Um, and by the way, part of the reason why I developed this disease, besides being an autoimmune disease that is genetic, is also triggered by stress and other things. Um, it is not an easy disease. It makes mm -hmm. you quite uncomfortable a lot of times. It's very, it narrows down what you can do quite a lot, depending on where you want to go eat. You can't eat everywhere. Uh, financially speaking, also it's complicated because gluten-free products sometimes is, they are more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so another reason why people should be gentle with themselves and take care of their health because yeah, it just, yeah, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I think, Fernando, when I said in the beginning that uh, you are a legend, I think you proved uh, why that is. It was awesome chat, full, oh, of, a lot of, full of a lot of wisdom, inspiring journey. And honestly, I always enjoyed working with you. So I was very pleased to have this chat. Thank so you. thank you. Nick, you are one of the kindest souls I've came across in the last couple of years. <laughs> and thank you so much for doing uh, this podcast because it's really, it's really amazing to listen to everyone's journey. It's always like, it's so, so nice. It's so motivational. It's so inspiring as well. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's... as I said before, you need no luck. Uh, you're already doing amazing. You just need to keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Fernando. So uh, let's finish it for now. Uh, I will just stop it and we can just chat shortly afterwards. So thanks, Fernando. Awesome. And wish thank you good you. luck in your future career. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app, get in touch to provide your feedback, or share any ideas for future guests. Thank you and see you soon.